Okay, guys, here yeah, let's go. Um, so we on the Mishnah on Chaf Bet Amud Bet, um, and uh, and then we got to try get through to the Amud. Um, um, let's go. Manitin, haya Oimed Betvila. You were standing in Tvila. You were davening. Veniskar, and then you remember. Shehu Balkeri, that you were actually a Balkeri. Remember, you had a seminal emission, whether it was um, allowed or not allowed, or on purpose or by mistake. Um, regardless, it makes you impure to a certain degree. Um, uh, and according to Takanat Ezra, you wouldn't be allowed to daven the Amida, and you wouldn't be able to allowed to learn Torah until you go mikvah. Now you've got a problem. Because you're in the midst of davening, so you can't go mikvah right now. So what do you do to your amida? Veniska shubal keri. Lo yafsik, you do not stop your amida, ele yekatser. But rather you shorten your amida. Um, I think it's Rashi who explains that you, what you do is, you, you don't shorten this Rashi of here. Lo yafsik tefilato legamre, ele yekatser, kol bracha ubracha. You say each bracha short, not the whole amida short, but each bracha you shorten. And to my knowledge, it means you like say the beginning of the bracha and the end of the bracha. You don't do the middle. Um, Yarad uh, litbo. Now, in another case, you go down to mikvah early, early in the morning. Im And what's the case? Im laalot. Kasot. So you so say you were Balkari from the night before. So you need to go mikvah before you daven. Um, so you go down to mikvah. And if you're able to come back up, kasot, and cover yourself up with clothing, and you can read Shema before Neitzachama, before sunrise, um, then Come up quickly from the mikvah and cover yourself up. The yikra and read the Shema. Now, you just see from here how punctilious you should be, ideally, to say Shema with Neitzachama. Remember, we discussed this in Brocha Boys, I think, which was that you say the Shema just before sunrise so that you can daven Amida straight after sunrise and then you join Gula Litfila, you join the redemption with davening. I mean, that's the best way. So you can see how careful the Mishnah is that you should actually do that. Um, so you, so that's what you do. You should come up quickly. V'im love. But if you don't have time to come out of the mikveh to say Shema, b'mayim, v'im love, yitkaseh b'mayim. You cover yourself up with the water, v'yikra, and then you read Shema. Meaning, you, since you under the water, so you basically block your chest, um, and so there's a separation between the lower part of your body and the upper part of your body. And then you read um, uh, Shema while you're in the mikveh. So now, But if the mikveh water is bad, it's like gross. Or the mikveh water is the same water that you soak uh, flax in it. So it stinks. Um, so, I mean, we wouldn't dip in such water, but in those days they would. So in, that, in such a case, you can't 
um, say Shema because it stinks. And you're not allowed to say Shema in a place where it stinks. Until you place water into this bad water and dilute it. So the Gomorrah, so the Gomorrah I think, will explain that it doesn't mean, this is a separate case. It means that if you were near urine, so if you are say if you need to say Shema near urine or Dava near urine, um, you must pour enough water into the urine in order for it to dilute it, and then it, the smell's not there, and the the actual urine's not there, and then you can uh, say Shema near that urine. But the other case was actually saying Shema near a, a foul mikveh with bad water. Become a yarchik mehen. And how far must you distance yourself from urine and from uh, feces? Uh, in order to daven near urine or feces, you have to separate yourself for amot. Okay, that's the Mishnah. Our rabbis taught us, You were standing in davening. Um, you must shorten your amida, each brocha you must shorten. You don't have to stop davening, you just shorten each brocha. Now, Hayakoribatara, you were caught up for an aliyah and you were reading the Torah. And then Veniska Shubalkeri, and then you realized you're a Balkari. Oh my goodness. So what are you gonna do? Aino Mafsik Vaoila, you don't need to stop the laning um, and and leave. Rather, you, you mumble the words. You, the person reading the Torah here, you magamgam the words. There's two explanations that I have here. The one is that you slur the words, so you don't say it properly, and then it's not a prohibition. Um, or you uh, read through it very fast. So you try and finish it as quickly as possible, according to this. Rabbi Meir says, no, don't finish the whole Aliyah. Only do the bare minimum of an aliyah, which is three psukim. Halakhically, an aliyah has to consist of at least three psukim. So if the Balkari realizes he, he's a Balkari, then as long as he said the three psukim, um, then he must stop. Um, but, at, then, but if he hasn't said the other, say, finish at least three psukim. Tanya Erech, another opinion, another brighter. Haya Omer Betfila. You were standing in davening, and you saw feces. You got, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm davening on the side of the road in, in Yerushalayim. And my goodness, I look to my left and I see the dog has made some tzoah over there, right? You must walk in front of the tzoah, um, so that you throw it behind you, so to speak, Dalad Amot. Um, Dalad Amot. Um, for Amot. So you basically, it must be behind you, the Tzor, at least for Amot, as long as you can't smell it. If you can smell it, then you have to go even further. But if you can't smell it, then you just need to be out of its vicinity, which is for Amot. But then we've got another bright of Tanya Litzadim. No, you, you, it doesn't, you don't have to be behind it, sorry, in front of it. Rather, you need to be on the side of the Tzor. Lokash, it's not a problem. The, the, this is where it's possible to, to go in, in front of it, which is much better, so it's behind you. 
where it's not possible for it to be behind you, like you're next to a river or something where you're not able for it to be behind you, then you go to the side of it. And that's the, uh, that's the answer between these two contradictory brightness. The one brightness says you must be in front of it, uh, so that it's behind you. Or the other brightness says you must be next to it. So the answer to that contradiction is when you can be in front of it, be in front of it so it's behind you. If you can't, be it on the side. If you davening and you find sorry in, in next to you, even though you davened and there was sorry in your vicinity within four amot, the the rabbi, rabbi over here says even though you sinned because it was a place where sorry could be found and you should have been careful, you should have looked around yourself and uh, and and not davened there. Even though you've sinned, if it's a place where there shouldn't be any tzor, then it's not a sin. Then it's, uh, you know, you don't have to go looking for it. But if it's a place that there could be tzor there, or it's likely, then you have to look at it. But here you didn't look, even though you've sinned, tfila to tfila, you still consider it as if you've davened. Makivle rova, rova attacks the rubber. He says, v'hazeva chreshoim ta'eva. This isn't considered a tfila, this is considered an abomination. To daven near tzor, it's an abomination, and an abomination wouldn't be considered tefillah. You have to either daven again, Tosvot explains over here, you either have to um, daven again, or um, you can't daven again because you can't fix it. But uh, here he says, um, it's, a, it's a to'eva, according to the Gomorrah, so, so Rova attacks him and he says, you can't daven, it's not considered a tefillah. So, El Amarova, Rova's got a different explanation. Hoyo Vachata, since you sinned, because you should have looked around to see if there's Soa there, even though you davened, you went through the acts of davening, your Tfila is a Toeva, it's an abomination, and you have to go back and daven again, or um, you, that's not considered davening. I don't know. You do, you I don't know. lost. No, I, I don't. Or maybe it's next to my drawer or something, I'm not sure. Um, Tanu uh, Rabbonin, the rabbis taught us. Okay, so that little piece was all about, uh, you know, you, you realize either you're a Balkari and you're in laning or you realize you davened by some tzor. So in those cases, what do you have to do? N- new piece, Tanu Rabbonin, Haya Omed B'tfila. You were standing in davening. Umayim shoytetim al-gvir kavin. And for Rahman this person was sick. And he started urinating beyond his control, um, and his urine is running down his legs. What must you do in such a case? You can't daven near urine, as we've said, you have to separate yourself for Amot. So what must you do? Um, you need to stop your davening until the, you, the water, the urine, has finished. And then you can go daven again. Now, this is a bit of a machloket as to what the case is. Either you have to wait um, for the urine to be absorbed into your uh, clothing, um, and then you can daven, even if it's wet, or you have to, it has to be so absorbed that it's not wet enough to make something else wet. This is, uh, this is what Tosford over here, Mamtinaj Yachluamayim, discusses. Um, and, uh, and, and he explains the two options. So um, either, either it's, it's completely absorbed into the ground that you're standing on, 
or it's absorbed into your clothing or and it's a discussion of how if you know if it's wet or not because since urine davening near urine is actually a rabbinic uh, decree that you can't have any urine maybe as long as you can't smell it and as long as it's not there even though it's in your clothes um, you are able to um, daven even if it's wet okay and then it says but you must wait until it's finished and then you go back and daven now where do you go back to daven to do you go back to daven to where you stopped davening where you realized your, your, the urine was coming down or do you actually go back to the very beginning one opinion says you go back to the beginning of your Amidah. And the other opinion says no, you don't have to go back to the beginning. You just need to go back to where you stopped. So the Gomorrah says, Let's say that Rav Kista and Rav Nuna are arguing about this, this Machlokejah. Mar savar im shaha kula. Mar, the one opinion holds that if you wait enough uh, while you're waiting for the urine to end, or to or you 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 delay in your in your amida has been so long that it's long enough that you have you you've waited long enough that you could have davened a whole amida in that time. Im shaha ligmor et kula Then you have to go back. And one opinion holds that seemingly even if you've waited a very long time and you could have finished the whole Amidah, the one opinion says you don't have to wait that long. You don't have to go back to the beginning. You just have to go back to the place where you stopped. And meaning that's the same machloket regarding the urine. The one opinion says if um, you need to go back to where you were, and in the Amida, and the one opinion says, no, you have to go back to the very beginning. So the Gemara says, uh, uh, Ravashi asks a very uh, a, a brilliant question on this. Amar Ravashi, ha'im shah, im lo If that was the same machloket, then it should have said, it should have been conditional. If you, if the urine, if you had to wait for the urine to dry um, or vanish long enough, that it took the whole time long enough that you could have finished the whole amida in that time um then it would be a, a different or you have to wait for or it wasn't that long and then you could go back to where you stopped um but that doesn't seem to be the machloket so it's, it's conditional basically so rather he says ella de kuli alma rather everybody holds im ligmor if you waited for the urine to vanish and it took the, uh, long enough that you could have finished Ligmoret Kula to finish the whole of the Amida, Choyzelarosh. There everybody agrees that you must go to the beginning. Vahatam Shaha And where they're arguing about where you didn't um, have to wait so long. Demar Sava Gavra He's considered as if he's a person who can't daven, right? Because there's urine there. Ve'ain ru'ui, and he's not fitting to daven when the urine's there. Ve'ain to tfila, and his tfila is not considered a tfila. And therefore, even if he he only waited a short time, he's like 
he's not in the getter of davening anymore and therefore he has to go and re-daven again. He has to go from the beginning. Umar Savar, Gabra Chazyahu, no. He's a fitting person to daven. It's just that something happened that for those moments stopped him from davening. Utfilato, Tfila. And his davening is good enough. And therefore, um, he can go back to the place that he ended and not the place and not, not have to go back um, uh, to the very beginning. And this is a case where the time that he had to wait for the urine to vanish wasn't that long that he could have finished the Amida in that time. I don't know. You do. Okay, I don't know. Okay. So, next part. Um, uh, I don't know. Tanu Rabbanan. A rabbi's taught us. I don't know where I put it. I put it somewhere where I know. And that was either next to the bed or on in the room. Check. Um, sorry, guys. Okay. Tanu Rabbonin. A rabbi's taught us. Okay, so that previously was a discussion, Rahman al-Islan, on a case where he, he a guy uh, urinated while he was davening. And did, if, he wait, if he waited a long time for the... For his urine to, to vanish, then he has to go back to the beginning of the meter. And there's a machloket if he just waits a little bit for his, time, his urine to, to be absorbed. And uh, there's a machloket there whether he has to go back to the beginning or the place where he stopped. Okay. Tanerabonin, another case. The rabbis taught us. Hanitzachlin, a cover of a person that needs the toilet, i.e., as they say in, in Gomorrah terms or Lashon Akia, clean language, Gedolim. If he needed to go. Uh, you know, defecate. If he needed to go to the toilet, palal, he shouldn't daven because he needs to go. palal And if he goes and while needing the toilet, his tefillah is considered a toeva. It's considered an abomination and is not considered as if he davened. Yuda lo shanu. This is only when. When is it considered a toeva? Ela sheino yachol lishot. Ba'atzmoi, where he couldn't actually um, hold it in for a long enough time. If he is able, well, if he was able to hold it in for a while, uh, then his tefillah is considered a tefillah and his yodzai. Now, how long is it that he would have to be able to hold it in? It's how long it would take to walk a parsa, which is about um, about four kilometers, which according to the Gomorrah is about 72 minutes. Now, 72 minutes, I saw why Dafka 72 minutes. That's how long, at least on Shabbos, it would take one to daven the full service uh, in those times. Um, um, or it's a bit unclear exactly of you know, how, what it means, but it's kind of the amount of time it would take to daven. Um, and that's the amount, 72 minutes, or it's got to do with how long food takes to digest inside of you. So if you need the toilet and you'll need it so badly that you'll have to go within 72 minutes, then you, if you did daven in that time, then your tefillah is not considered tefillah and you'd have to re-daven again. Um, but if you could hold it in later, more than that, uh, for longer, then you, you, your davening is considered davening. Nevertheless, you shouldn't have davened. Um, even if you slightly need it, you should first go. And it seems even at the expense of davening in a minion or answering Kaddish or Kedusha, you should rather be clean and not need the toilet at all um, and daven alone 
then daven with the tzibur, kneading the toilet even slightly. Okay. Ika de madnila amadnita. There are those that teach it a slightly differently on our Mishnah. B'madav amurim, what are we talking about? Kashayin yacho lamod al atzmoy. When is your davening not considered, is considered to Ava? It's when you can't hold it in. But if you could hold it in, your tefillah is considered a tefillah. How long must you be able to hold it in for? Until 72 minutes, basically. Until you walk 4 kilometers, which is about 72 minutes. Of a person that needs to go to the toilet, he shouldn't daven. Because it says, You should prepare yourself to, uh, to meet your God of Israel. Meaning, it's inappropriate to daven when you need the bathroom because you are approaching the king, Hashem, and therefore uh, you shouldn't need the toilet at all. Again, another statement by him. What does this Pasuk mean? Um, what is the meaning of this Pasuk? Guard your legs. When you go to the house of Hashem. What does it mean? Guard yourself. That you shouldn't sin, right? That's what you should guard yourself. And if you do sin, then bring a korban before me if you do sin. So that's what it says. Guard your legs from sinning. And if you do sin, then go to the, the house of Hashem to offer korban. Then the, the next part of the Pasuk says, V'karov um, And be close to listen. Divrei Chachamim, the words of the wise. Amarova, Hevi Karov Lishmoa, Divrei Chachamim. Be close to listen to the words of the sages. What are the words of the sages that you should listen to? Remember, we're talking about somebody that sinned, that he shouldn't sin, and if he does sin, he needs to bring a korban. So what does the Pasuk continue talking about listening to the words of the sages? Sheim choitim, that if you do sin, mevim korban, vo'isim tshuva. The sages were people that if they, they did have to bring a korban, and they would do tshuva when they brought the korban. That would be meaningful and purposeful. Mitaitak silim zevach, from giving what the fools um, give as an offering. What does that mean? Alti kaksilim, don't be like fools where they sin korban and they bring a korban but they do it in, in without meaning and they don't do tshuva when they bring the korban so the end of the pasuk says but because they do not know to do bad so the Gemara says hold on a second if you're talking about ksilim who are fools um, that they sin and then they bring a korban and they don't do it sincerely. What does it mean at the end? They don't know how to do good, how to do bad. They're not rishoyim. They're not evil people. They tzadikim because they don't know how to do bad. So that can't be pshat. Ella, rather, what does it mean? Don't be like fools. 
that sin, umavin korban, and they bring a korban, va'einem yoidim im auch hatoiva haimavim or im alhara haimavim. What does it mean they don't know bad? It means they don't know whether their actions are good or bad. They're amaratsim, they don't know halacha. They don't know if their actions are allowed or not allowed. Don't be like them, because then they bring korbanot that they are meant to bring korbanot that are bring to shuvah, like a korban chatat, like a sin offering, and they think they're bringing a korban of thanksgiving. And really, so it means what does it mean? They don't know. They don't know bad. It means they don't know what is bad. They don't know how to fix bad, and that's the problem. Amar Kadosh Baruch Hashem says, "Bein toiv lera aina mafchinim." Between bad, good and bad, they can't differentiate. And they still bring a korban before me. So I just think the message there is a very strong message that the Pasuk is telling you. Firstly, be careful. Don't guard your legs so you don't sin. If you do sin, bring a korban. If you do have to bring a korban, bring a korban like the wise ones who know what they bring in the korban on. Don't be like the fools who don't even know why they're bringing a korban. Because it's very important, as you guys are doing and we're doing here, we're growing in our knowledge of Torah. We can't keep on saying that we didn't sin because we didn't know if it was a sin or not. So it's a very powerful message about learning Torah and knowing what's right and wrong and not going in the run in the dark and saying, I didn't know. Rav Ashi, Vitaima Rav Chanina, Bar Papa, Amar, what does he say? Shmor Nekavecha, he learns the positive differently. He says, God, your orifices, if that's how you pronounce it, your orifices, the things between your legs. That's what it is. Guard your legs. See the Pasuk says, Shemor So Rav Ashi, and some says, Rabbi Hanina Bar Papa, he says, it means, guard your orifices, Bashashata Oymed Lafnai, that in the time that you stand before me, be careful that you don't need the toilet at that time. So he's going back to the theme that we were talking about of uh, being careful to not dive and needing the toilet. Tanu Rabbanan Hanichnas Abayta Kisai, a person that. Just hold on one sec, it feels like uh, I missed out something. Um, um, okay, so I just know that the Gomorrah also learns here that it says that you should prepare yourself to go before Hashem. That actually also refers to dressing properly when you daven. And, uh, you know, firstly, dressing properly. And some say even to do something special, like, you know, you would um, put on a tar if you normally wore a tar, or you'd put on a talus, or you put on tzitzit, or you do something special to show that you're approaching Hashem. Okay. Um, um, so it says like this. Now we're going into quite a, a not a very re- relevant piece of Gomorrah, but nevertheless, it's Torah. And the, what it's talking about is what they used to do in the old days is they used to wear tefillin all day. And in some places, like in Israel, in the, in, in the old city, there are certain sects of Jews that wear um, tefillin the whole day. Um, so the question, that's the one thing, they used to wear tefillin all day. The other contextual point here is that um, they, used to, they used to have their toilets in fields. And unfortunately, they weren't even like long drops. They were in the fields um, and they were on the surface. Sorry to be so graphic. Um, and the question is, these people that were walking around wearing tefillin and they needed to go to the toilet, what should they do with their tefillin while they need the toilet? 
So the Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan, Hanichna Zabayta Kisai, a person that goes into a toilet, and remember this is a toilet maybe surrounded by walls in a field, he takes his tefillin off at a distance of four amot from the vicinity of the toilet, and then he goes into the to-, to the toilet and he does what he needs to do. We'll see what he does with his tefillin. Amarav Acha Baravuna Amarav Shaishit Loshanu Elabait Kakisai Kavua. We're talking about a toilet in the field that has already been used as a toilet. So there's there's Tsua, there's Gedolim, there's feces there at the time. And that's why he has to take off his tefillin within outside four or more, two meters or so from the toilet. Avalbaita Kisarai, but a, a toilet that hasn't been used yet or is clean. Then he can take his tefillin close, take his tefillin off right by the toilet, and go to and relieve himself immediately. But then when he comes out of the toilet, now that there is, it has become a toilet, he has to go away from there. He has to go away from it because he made it into a proper toilet. So the first thing we see from here is you shouldn't wear tefillin within a foramot of a of a of feces. Okay, fine. If you uh, are you allowed to go into a beta kisse where there it seems like there is feces, but all you're doing, you're not you're not actually uh, going to the toilet. You're not doing a number two, but you're just going to wee. You're just going to urinate. You're just going to do a number one. And uh, it seems like from here, you it could be you're allowed to walk in even though there's Tsua there because this is a Beit HaKisei Kavua. It's a fixed Beit HaKisei that's already there. Um, um, it seems then, can you go in there since you're only urinating? So there's another Girsa that says, no, this is actually a toilet that hasn't been used yet and that makes more sense to me um, that you can walk in there but the point is can you urinate wearing tefillin can you believe this Ravina Shari Ravina says it's allowed Rav Adabar Matana Asar he says no it's forbidden Wa Atu Shilua Rilarova they came to ask Rova Amaluhu Asur he says it's forbidden to urinate while wearing tefillin Chashinen we are, we are afraid Shema Yifune because while you are urinating, you'll have the urge to uh, do a number two, and then you'll land up doing a number two while you're wearing tefillin. Yifunabem, va'amrila, and some say a different version, maybe you'll flatulate, you'll, you'll uh, I don't know what the right word, the appropriate, you know, the proper word for um, <laughs> to flatulate um, is, um, uh, how do they translate it? Uh, you will break wind, you will pass gas, um, lest you pass wind while urinating, um, and then you're not allowed to pass wind while you're wearing tefillin. Amazingly, you're allowed to, according to this, you're allowed to urinate while wearing tefillin. Okay, so, Tanya Idich, another brighter on this. Now, somebody that goes into a toilet that has been used already, a Beit Kisei Kavua, you take off your tefillin four amot away. Now we're talking about what do you do with your tefillin after you've taken them off. So you remove your tefillin 
uh, four amot away from the toilet, and you put them into a window, seemingly next to this toilet, where hasamuch l'shutarabim, close to the public domain. Now this window was accessible by people; they could take things from this window. But the point is that you put the your tefillin by that window, because you're if you put it by the other window, which was uh, close to the private domain, you were afraid in those days that God forbid a rodent could come and take your tefillin away. Whereas where if it's by the place where people travel and they're walking across, then there won't be any rodents there. So you must put your tefillin in a place where rodents won't take it, according to this. Benichnas, and when you go out of the toilet, you distance yourself for amot umanichin, and then you put on your tefillin. Diver Shammai. So Beit Shammai says rather put your tefillin on the side of the public domain because he's more worried that rodents would take it, and then, um, which is a concern. And what's worse is if rodents take it, they won't treat it with respect. Your tefillin, right? Um, Beit Hillel Beit Hillel says no. Oichazam biyado benichnas. Rather, you hold it in your hand while you go into the toilet and you go in. But you cover it inside your hand. So it's kind of like separate from you, but you don't leave it by the window. Why is it? Because he's afraid that if you put it by the window, either windows, either people will take it from the street side or rodents will take it from the, the private house side. Benichnas. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Rabbi Akiva says, don't take it in your hand. Rather, oichazim benichnas. Rather, put it in your clothing and then go into the toilet. Not don't just cover it in your hand, but cover it in your clothing. The Gemara says, what do you mean put it in your clothing? What if you put in your clothing and then you, or you're on your clothing and you forget about it and you get up and it, then your tefillin could fall. So why would you put it in your clothing? Because you could forget it. So no, they explained. What Rebbe Akiva means is he says, wrap it up in your clothing and your hand. So you're holding them in your clothing. So it's covered by your hand and covered by the clothing. And it's secure in your hand. So it won't fall and you won't forget about it. And that way, benichnas. And then you go in and make... And you need to do your business, but at least your tefillin are covered by your clothing and your hand. Umanicham. Okay. Benichnas. So the, the question here was, Umanicham b'chorin hasmuchin lebeita kisai. And then you, you place them. So rather, say, say rather, instead of going with them, um, uh, this, and this could be uh, Rabbi Akiva's opinion, you, where do you put them? So you put the tefillin, uh, it says here, Rather put them into the, the hole, the window, that is close to the toilet, and not in the side that is close to the public domain. Why? Lest an, uh, somebody who's passing by takes the tefillin, and he and you comes to create a rumor about you. Now here's a story about a rumor, and then we will have to end here. That it happened with one student. He went to the toilet and he put his tefillin on the side on a window by the public domain. 
Ubata zoina achat on a taltam ubata le baita midrash va amra le reu manita ni ploini beschari. And this, this prostitute came and took the tefillin and she went into the base midrash and she said, Look, this, whoever owns this tefillin, this is what he gave me as my, as my pay. And he was so embarrassed. Since the student heard what had happened to him, he went up to the roof and he fell off the roof, not because he committed suicide, but he was so confused and so bewildered by this rumor that he fell off. And he died. At that time, they made a decree that he needs to, that you can go into the toilet with your tefillin wrapped and you don't put them on a window by the side.